Um, hi guys, welcome to Illumination at Home. Um, happy Sunday. Um, we hope you've had a great week. Quickly say hi. Can you say hi? Hi. Um, my week has been rocking 90s butterfly clips on my kid because she can do nothing about it. I hope you've had a good week, especially if you've been back at school. I hope it's been really cool to connect with everyone. Um, speaking of that, we've loved connecting with you guys on a Friday night and on a Sunday morning. So grade 10s, grade 11s, and grade 12s. We'd like to invite you to join us on a Zoom meeting after this. So at 11 o'clock, the details are on the screen. Join us. We'd love to catch up. You don't need to turn your camera on, but we'd love to, to chat and to pray with you and to pray for you. So that's um, a meetup. A few more of those are coming up. And we meet up on Friday nights. So um, that's what we are doing. We'd always love to connect with you. If you're ever looking for information about what's happening, go to our Illumination page. If you go to the church website and click on Connect um, on the drop-down tab, and you go to Illumination, that's where you can find a whole bunch of information. Well, and um, we look forward uh, to our sermon, Black is Preaching from Hebrews. So as we start this new series, um, just want you guys to know that we look forward to being together. We miss you, and um, we hope that you have a great week further. Bye. Hey, what's up? My name is Black Newborn, one of the youth pastors here at Christchurch Midrand. Super dope to be with you this morning. If you're joining us for the first time, shout outs to you. Shout outs to the rest of the Illumination gang. If you haven't been with us on Fridays, take note of this. We meet on Zoom every Friday from Hopper 7 to Hopper 8. If you want to be part of that meeting, Go on to our social media, TikTok, on our Instagram, or you can go on the church website. You'll find details of how we can log you on so that you can be part of the squad. Um, and we just meet, man, to play games, interact with each other, just encourage each other, have fun, find out how people are doing during this lockdown. I know some of you have started going back to school, but most of you are still at home. And obviously, like, you dying because of FOMO, but it's cool to just interact with people and find out how school is, what's happening at home, yo, what new skills have they learned during lockdown, whatever the case is. So so come through for that. I, we're pretty dope for you. Um, and we're starting a new series today uh, in the book of Hebrews. We ended off our series in Esther a couple of weeks ago. It was super dope. Uh, many of you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope and pray that you're encouraged and that you'll grow in your love and knowledge of who Jesus is in your lives but we're starting in the book of hebrews the rest of the church has been doing the book of hebrews so here's a couple of dope things that you can do because your parents are obviously ahead so they got a couple of notes right from from all the weeks that they've been studying the book of hebrews so after the sermon just take your bible go chop it up with them yo mom dad sit down let's chop it up this is what i learned what can you teach me let me help you revise your knowledge as well. So it'll be a pretty dope thing that you actually just sit with them. So I encourage you to do that after the sermon. Um, but Book of Hebrews, one of my favorite books. Um, and before we get into it, I'll just give you like a couple of things just to give you context and background so that you can hold the book together. So that by the time we get into it and continue looking at it in the rest of the weeks, you can be clued up on what we're talking about. So here are a couple of things to consider. One, the book is written uh, between the years 60, 70 AD. Um, so it was a long time ago. Uh, but it's a letter like any other letter that we find in the Old Test, in the New Testament, rather. Letters that Paul would write to the Philippians, to the Colossians, to the uh, 
um, to the Corinthians uh, and, and all these other letters that we find, it's similar to that. It's also a letter addressed to a group of people. Uh, these group of people are Christian Jews, um, so they were Jewish before in terms of their religion and affiliation. Uh, obviously, they're born Jews, um, uh, ethnicity, but they were also part of the Jewish religion. And so they abandoned that religion, started trusting Jesus, believing that he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God, he is who he claimed to be, he is the risen Christ, he died on the cross for their sins, and they gave their hearts to him right, fully. So they started believing that. But over the years, they started being persecuted by family, by community, by the government, uh, because Christians were getting persecuted left and right for believing in Jesus. And so for them, their families were saying, yo, we're going to ostracize you. We're going to isolate you. We don't want to be part of your squad anymore because you've abandoned us. And so there was a whole lot of tension uh, in their hearts. Obviously, uh, the book also tells us that some of their property was plundered. People stole from them. Uh, because of all the hatred that was towards Christians. So now they were tempted to leave Christianity, to trust uh, their old ways, go back to their old religion. And so uh, this book is written to encourage them to hold on to Jesus, hold on to the cross, hold on to what you believe in. Don't abandon it. Don't backslide. Stay where you at and trust Jesus. Um, we don't know who the author is, um, but the dope thing is, the book is included in the Bible because of how clear uh, it gives a picture of who Jesus is. In fact, the book of Hebrews, the point of it is to tell us how Jesus is better than anything, right? So Jesus is better than Moses because Jewish people trusted that Moses is the greatest prophet ever. But the book of Hebrews and the letter shows that Jesus is better than Moses. Right? Jesus is better than angels. Jesus offers a better salvation. Jesus is better than anything. Uh, Jesus is better than your dreams. Jesus is better than the boy you think is hot and you want to date him. Jesus is better than your education. Jesus is better than the car you want to drive in the future. Jesus is better than anything that you pin against him. That thing will fall short and Jesus will always remain the dopest. Jesus will always be better. So the point of the book of Hebrews, even for us today, is that we need to trust Jesus. Why? Because it's better, man. Alright, it's better than anything. It's better than you. It's better than me. He's better than anything that we pin against him. He is king. He's supreme. He's boss. And he'll come out at the top. So trust Jesus. Don't trust anything else. Don't give your life to anyone else, but give your life solemnly, wholeheartedly, fully to Jesus and Jesus alone. Alright, so let me pray for us and then we'll jump straight into it. Bow your heads and, in, and join me in prayer. Lord, thank you so much uh, for all that you do for us. Thank you for the book of Hebrews. Thank you for leaving it for us, uh, that even 2,000 years later, we can still read it, find strength, find truth, find encouragement, find hope. And I pray, Father, that you may do that for us as we go through the book of Hebrews, uh, starting from today. Pray that you may be with me, open up the ears and the hearts of those who are listening, and may what is true stick, Lord, and anything that I say that's not true, Lord, please uh, don't let it stick in our hearts. Pray for all of these things in your wonderful and precious and better name, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. So, we once lived a dude, a super dope theologian, uh, John Calvin. He's dead now, uh, but he left us quite a, uh, quite a lot of dope writing. But he said something that was super profound. Like, let me paraphrase it. Uh, he said that if you want to know uh, who you are, you need to know who God is. 
And for you to know God, you need to know who you are. Right? And, and that's not to say like if you want to find who you are, like your deepest sense and, and all your dreams, your aspirations, like if you want to get to the core of who you No, 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 no. Right? He was just saying be honest with who you are. If you want to truly get a picture of who God, be honest with who you are. Look deep into your heart. See all the dirt that's in there. See the, 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 the depth of sin. See just the ugliness uh, of sin in your heart. Right? And, and from that you'll realize your greatest need for the one who's better, for the one who's perfect, for the one who's good. In fact, there's a dude on the Gospel Coalition named um, Calvin DeYoung, and he puts it this way. He says, know God. Know yourself to know you need God. Right? Know God to know that you are not God's. That's what Calvin was saying. Know God to know the need for God. Know God to know that you are not God. And why do I bring that up? Right? Because we at an age where we're trying to figure ourselves out. Right? Every time you're so upset and you just don't want to talk to your parents or you don't want to talk to your school friends and, and you're just frustrated. Why? Because nobody knows who you are. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. Nobody nobody can vibe with me. Right? We're at that age where we're trying to figure ourselves out. We're trying to find ourselves um, and so there's a whole lot of frustration that comes from that when the world comes at us with ways that, that don't vibe with us, with ways that seem contrary to who we believe we are. We just get upset, we get into our small corners, we fight everything off, we, we just shut everybody out because nobody gets me. Right? And listen, there's nothing wrong with trying to establish yourself. There's nothing wrong with trying to find your own groove in the world. There's nothing wrong with seeing where you want to be positioned in the rest of the world. I think those conversations are dope. I think that kind of thinking is super critical for you at the age that you are. But I think we tend to make that our God. We tend to make that the point of life. We tend to make that our idol. Yo, I want to find myself. And what you're doing is you're saying, well, forget everybody, forget God, I'm on the throne. And when I find myself, I'm going to serve myself. Everyone else is going to serve me. Everything in this world is designed to make me become a better version of myself. Right? And that quote from Calvin will say, nah, if you actually stay long enough with yourself, you'll realize just how ugly the extent of your sin is. You'll realize just the brokenness in your own heart. You'll realize just how sinful you are. And that will lead you to the cross of Christ. That will lead you to God. That will lead you to the, to the, to the throne of grace, crying out for God to save you. And I hope that is true of you. I hope that as you try and, and, and search in your own heart to find yourself, that you realize that what you find in there, Jesus will always be better. Right? I'll repeat that again. Whatever you find in your heart, just know that Jesus will forever be better. Right? You might dig hard in your heart and avoid all the brokenness and the sin in there to try and find the, the, the flyest guy, right? the, the dude who can dunk the basketball you're harder than anybody else, the dude who plays soccer and dribbles like nuts like better than anybody else. Just know that Jesus will always be better than whatever it is that you think you found that is gold in your heart. Right? 
Do you want to be the hottest girl? If you want to be the smartest girl, you want to grow up and, and just dominate in the corporate world, whatever the case is, you want to have 15 degrees, I don't know, you want to have 10 PhDs, whatever, whatever you find in there, just know that at the end of it all, Jesus will always be better than that. So don't waste your time pursuing that as the main goal of life. Don't waste your life making that the point. Know that Jesus is better. And if Jesus is calling you, give your life to him now. If Jesus is calling you, surrender now. If Jesus is calling you, answer that and say, yo, here I am. I'm going to give my life wholeheartedly to you. And if you're not convinced, well, the writer of Hebrews wants to convince you with the first four verses of chapter one, that Jesus is actually a better communicator, right? You might think that your dreams communicate where you're supposed to be in the world, that you get a sense of who God is. Well, the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a better communicator. You want to know what your purpose and plan in life is, what God wants you to do? Well, Jesus communicates that better than anything or anyone else in this world. That's the first thing we're going to see. Secondly, Jesus is a carbon copy. You want to see who God is? Well, look at Jesus, right? Right? When you Google that term carbon copy, right, you'll see it means the very exact imprint, something that is identical, right? Sometimes people tend to say when they look at a father and son, yo, to the son, you are a carbon copy of your father, meaning that you look exactly like him, you're identical. I mean, you got his genes. You are him, right? So that's what we'll see. If you, if you want to see who God is, look at who Jesus is. And finally, Jesus is a better conclusion. So he's a better communicator, he's a better carbon copy, and lastly, he's a better conclusion. How do you want your life to end? <laughs> at the end of it all, how is it going to conclude? If you are the conclusion of your life, then that's a very, very, very sad conclusion. But if Jesus is, that's a way better conclusion. That conclusion does not only matter the side of heaven, but it matters in heaven as well, in eternity, in the courts of heaven. Right. So let's look at verses 1 and 2. Jesus is a better communicator. Listen to what the author says. Long ago and many times in, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he also created the world. So here's a couple of things that he's telling us. Right? God has always spoken to his people. God has spoken from the beginning of time. God has always been speaking. He spoke to Adam and Eve. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to David. He spoke to Isaiah. He spoke to Micah. He spoke to the disciples. He spoke to the apostles. He's speaking even to us today. God is a speaking God. Forget the lie that God is a silent God. When people are telling you, no, you can trust Oprah. You can trust TikTok. You can trust the latest celebrity. You can trust Bieber. You can trust Jigger. You can trust AKA. You can listen. Yo, all these people might be cool, right? And they can speak to your heart and they speak to your dreams. They speak to your uh, uh, aspirations. But God speaks to the soul. God speaks to your core because he's the one who created you and he knows who you exactly are. And so don't believe that God doesn't speak. God has always spoken throughout history. He's always spoken to his people. 
But the author tells us that God has spoken to our fathers and the prophets, meaning the dudes that we find in the Old Testament, in dreams and visions, in many ways. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Right? He, he spoke to uh, s- some of the prophets in a still small voice. Right? He spoke to Jonah uh, through the whale. I mean, he was communicating to Jonah that, yo, I'm trying to direct you in a certain way, bro. Where are you going? Right? He, he spoke to people through dreams. He spoke to people through visions. In many ways, he spoke to the prophets and he spoke to our forefathers. But in these last days, he speaks through a better communicator. And that's his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? And what he's saying is that, yo, all those things were dope. I could speak to people through all those things. But here's my final revelation. Here's my final communication. And that is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you want to hear God, God says to you, yo, listen to my word. In fact, in the Gospel of John, John tells us that the word of God is Jesus. In Genesis, when Moses writes, he says, in the beginning, God spoke and he created the world through the word. And who's that word? Well, the word is the son. The word is Jesus. So in these last days, and I know a lot of people might be thinking, last days, like, yo, we're seeing the coronavirus, we're seeing what's happening. These are crazy last days. No, we've been in the last days for the past 2000, and, uh, 2000 years. So God has been speaking through Jesus through the past 2,000 years, right? The last days mean the day Jesus resurrected to the day Jesus is coming back. Those are the last days. Right? Jesus might come back tomorrow. Jesus might come back today. Lord, please, I would, I would not have any qualms if Jesus walks into this room right now. I'd be like, yo, man, please, please, I've been waiting. Right? But we can still wait another 2,000 years. Well, I'll be dead by then. But uh, the world could still be going in the next 2,000 years, 2,000 years. So the last days are from the time Jesus resurrected, ascended, went back to heaven, and the time he returns. We don't know when that time is, when he's going to return. He's going to come like a thief in the night, even as you're watching the sermon, as you go into your TikTok and you do your next dance challenge. Right? Jesus might walk in and be like, I right, shutting the whole party down, coming to take mine. Right? Let's, let's have it. Judgment day is here. Uh, so, so the last days are where we are right now. And how has God spoken? Through Jesus. So look to the word if you want to hear God speak to you. Look to the Bible. Open up the scriptures and hear God speak to you. In fact, in the Gospel of, uh, in the Gospel of John, I think chapter 5, Jesus tells us that everything from Genesis right up until Revelation is all about him. Every single page of this book is about Jesus. It points us back to Jesus. The prophets were speaking about him. The apostles were speaking about him. And all of it points to the cross of Christ. So every single page here, in fact, in 2 Timothy 3.16, we are told that all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable right, for, for you, for me, for those who will trust and believe in Jesus. So you can read any page here and hear God speak through Jesus. So this is a bitter communicator. Again, right, uh, you, you might think, well, what is God's plan for my life? What is God's will for my life? Maybe if I sleep and just meditate hard enough, God is going to come to me in my dreams and he'll say, yo, dog, listen, this is what you need to be doing, right? ABC. 
Yo, listen, I'm not saying that God cannot speak in whatever way he chooses. In fact, there's still dope stories that we hear of people in the Middle East who don't have Bibles, no Christian communities, and God speaks to them in a dream and directs them to a Christian community or the Bible. But here's the thing that we hear. As soon as they get to a Christian community or they get a hold of a Bible, the dreams stop. So you have the Bible. Here it is on your phone. You can go get it at the store. So why do you just want to rely on something that is lesser than that which is better? Rely on the Bible. You want to know what you need to be doing with your career. You want to know which school to go to, who to marry, whatever the case is. In fact, some of the time, God does not even reveal, most of the time, He doesn't reveal a specific will for your life. In 1 Thessalonians, in fact, chapter 4, He tells us that God's will is for you to be holy. That is clear. That means you're holy in every aspect of your life. God, how am I supposed to live as an accountant when I grow up one day? God's going to say, be holy. How does holiness look like? Well, get into the scriptures, figure out what it looks like in light of the job that you're going into. Get into this book, rub your nose in it, get muddy with it, figure out, wrestle as you hear God speak to you through the word. God, who am I supposed to marry one day? Well, yo, listen, 1 Corinthians 7, don't marry a non-Christian. That's pretty clear. Right? Um, it's chapter 7 or 6. But don't marry a non-Christian. Pretty clear. Right? God doesn't say, well, you're going to find a skinny one, a tall one, a buff one. Just don't marry a non-Christian. Pretty clear. Right? So whatever it is that you need direction in, God will say, pray, read the word, and I'll speak through my word. I will speak through my word. That is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's a better communicator. Trust Him. Go to Him. Believe Him. All right, let's move on to our second point. Uh, he's a carbon copy. Uh, he's the direct imprint of who God is. Because right, the second question that arises is now that I can, I know where to go, hear God speak to me. Yo, but I just want to see him. If I could see him, I'd believe. If if I'd see him, all the stuff I'm reading, I would believe. And, and, and here's what the author of Hebrews is saying, uh, verses 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's the exact imprint of his nature. Go read the Gospels and you'll see Jesus' temperaments. You'll see how Jesus loves. You'll see how Jesus cares. You'll see how Jesus interacts with people. You'll see what Jesus hates, what Jesus does not want, how Jesus wants to interact with those who are lowly, those who are ostracized by society, how he challenges power, how he goes after those who are, uh, uh, are practicing injustice, how he tries to bring justice for those who are uh, uh, undermined who are segregated who are, are not part of the the elite see how god interacts with humanity as jesus is walking in the dusty streets of palestine you want to see god well read the gospels see jesus in action and you'll see that's how god is that's who god is he says he's the exact imprint of his nature you want to see the nature of god look at jesus God, how, how, how can I see your love? Well, look at the cross of Christ. 
John 3.16, Romans 5.8, we see God's love demonstrated on the cross of Christ. Whenever you feel unworthy, whenever you feel like God's love is not for you, he says, look at the cross. I gave you love even when you did not deserve it. When you were a sinner, when you were a hater, when you were a rebel, that's when I gave you love. Look at the cross of Christ. How do you care for me? Look at the cross of Christ. God, how, how, can, how can I be friends with you? Well, look at how he walked with his disciples. God, how am I supposed to behave as a son? Well, look at how God behaved as a son through Jesus, as he was a son of Mary. How, how is he as a son? How can I be as a child? I want to see the nature of God. I want to relate to God. I want to understand God is, who God is. Or go to the gospel, see the nature of God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ displayed in, in, in HD on the streets of Palestine. How does God work? We see in Genesis, God is creating the world in six days. He's making all of the stuff. Right? And you think to yourself, well, I can't understand that. That's like big, that's grand, that's massive. I, I just want to see what work, work looks like. Well, go look at Jesus as a carpenter. That's God still working. And he's working, doing normal, very ordinary work. Go see him as a carpenter. See his nature. See how he was with his disciples. See his compassion. See his kindness to those who are hungry, who are poor, who are lowly. Those who are weak in faith. Those who are sick. Those who need healing. Those who needed uh, uh, to be raised from the dead. See his compassion when he's crying for his homeboy, Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. He doesn't get to uh, the, the tomb of Lazarus and he's like, yo, let me show you who's boss. I'm just going to raise this dude up. Right? John tells us that he wept first. He cried. And we saw his heart. God cares for people. And he does not want people to die. He does not delight in the death of the wicked, we are told. He wants to save people. Right? He cares for people. He wants people to live. He is life. Again, the Gospel of John 10 tells us that, that, that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life. That's the nature of God. Look at the gospel. See who Jesus is if you want to know who God is. Trust him. Believe in him. A lot of these religions will tell you that God is just a deity in the sky uh, who is impersonal. He does not interact with his subjects. He does not interact with those he created. Uh, but he's just, yo, somewhere in the far distance and he's, yeah, just not concerned about us here on earth. That's not the God of the scriptures. Yes, he is holy. Yes, he is big. Yes, he is grand. Yes, he is beyond our wildest imaginations. Yes, we are finite. He's infinite. Yes, he's, he's better. Far, far better than anyone and anyone else in this universe. But that God in his glory, in his majesty, in his splendor, in all his greatness wanted to relate to you, to me. He became like one of us in Jesus Christ, walked the dusty streets of Palestine. Let's ask yourself, why did God not just come as a 33-year-old to die on the cross? 
Why did he come as a baby? Well, you came into this earth as a baby. You have a mother. He came and had he has a, he had a mother on this earth. He had a father. He had siblings. You have siblings. He wants you to relate to him in all the stages of your life. Why didn't he come as an old man? Because you're a teenager. He wants you to relate to him as a teenager. Jesus is a teenager. In fact, there's one of the stories that we are told in the Gospels. I think Jesus was around the age of six, but he's a young boy. That's what we know. And then he gets lost in the market. His parents are going home and they they think to themselves, oh, Jesus is behind us. They turn around and they're like, smack, this dude is not here. How many of you have been lost in the mall, in, in the stores? Your parents are doing grocery shopping and next thing you turn around and you see a complete stranger and you're like, Dag, I don't know who this dude is. Where's my mom? I, Jesus had a similar experience. Well, he wasn't like, where's my mom? He was sitting with the dudes in the temple, just, yo, listening in, soaking in all the information. In fact, teaching some of them uh, about God's wisdom, right? Uh, which is pretty dope. But, but his parents can relate to your parents. You can relate to him. Being left in the marketplace alone. Whatever the case is. He was a teenager like you. So you can relate to him. You can see his exact nature. You can see God's nature through Jesus as you read and interact with him in the scriptures. So it's the second thing. Listen to the third thing. Jesus is the final conclusion. We take it from the end of verses 3. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. what, What are we told here? After making purification for sins, after dying on the cross, after sacrificing himself, after giving his life, after becoming the curse so that you are not cursed, after taking your sins so that you can have his righteousness, after he's done all of that, went to the grave, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, and in heaven he seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. Why is the author telling us that he's sitting down? Well, somebody sits when their work is done. You sit down, you relax, your work is done. So, Jesus concluded. The biggest event in history is Jesus Christ dying on that cross. There's many dope things that have happened in history. There's many dope things that are happening now. Right? That kids 20, 30, 50 years from now are going to be learning about 2020 as history. That's kind of mind-blowing that you are living in somebody's history. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the biggest and dopest event that could ever happen is what Jesus did on the cross. That was the dopest conclusion. That was the dopest exclamation mark in the history of the world. And that is the defining moment for everybody. That's what Jesus is going to be speaking about on Judgment Day. He's, he's not going to be speaking about, yo, you guys had the 2020, I mean the 2010 World Cup. How amazing was that? No. He's going to be speaking about the fact that on that cross, he gave his life so that you can have life. He was the curse on that tree so that you can be blessed. He's going to be asking you, did you trust in that? Did you believe in that? Did you give your life to that? Because that is the biggest conclusion of anyone's life. That's the biggest exclamation in anyone's life. How has your life ended? 
Did your life end with you sitting on your own throne? Did your life end with you being your own king or queen? Did your life end with you calling the shots? Did your life end with you being the boss? Did your life end thinking that you are holding your own universe with the mighty power of your own word? Or did your life end with Jesus being the one on the throne? The one who calls the shots, the one who is your king and savior, the one who died and gave his life for you, the one who's actually upholding all of the universe with you included in it with the mighty power of his word. How has your life ended? What is the final conclusion of your life? Because any conclusion, well, yo, I'm going to die as a legend. You know what I mean? I'm going to be the gangsters. I'm going to be a gangster dog. Like, my life is going to be so amazing. People are going to come watch. Yo, you must see my funeral, son. Yo, all this stuff is going to be dumb. Any other conclusion in this world except that one is dumb. One of the greatest leaders of our time, one of the dopest biblical scholars of our time, a man by the name of Ravi Zacharias. I just passed away a couple of weeks ago um, and, and, and and everything that he's done in his life was, was for that moment when he would meet his maker when he would stand before Jesus right? he was very dope super intelligent uh, and we remember some of the things he said but above all every time he would get on stage and speak it reminds you of who Jesus is of the cross of Christ I, we, we, we know he's dope. We know he did amazing things. Ravi Zacharias that is. But we don't celebrate him. But we celebrate the one he was celebrating. The one he was pointing us to. And we thank him for what he's done. For how he's served us. But ultimately, the glory does not go to him. The glory goes to Jesus. So his conclusion of everything is done was Christ. Everything was about that cross of Calvary where Jesus hung more than 2,000 years ago. So when Ravi stands before Christ, everything in him is going to cry out, Yo, I lived, I served, I, I did everything for you, Jesus, so I could be, so, so, so I could be here with you because you gave your life for me. I lived wholeheartedly for you. I believed you. And here's the thing, it might sound like I'm saying that Ravi is going to stand before God and be awarded for all that he's done. No, no, no. Um, he's believed in Jesus. That is a gift given to him by Christ. That's a gift that Jesus is willing to give you right now. Are you willing to accept that gift? The gift of belief, the gift of faith, the gift of grace. That you give your life to Jesus, surrendering wholeheartedly. There's nothing you bring to the party except empty hands. Except an open heart. Except the mind that is surrendered to Jesus. Except the life that wants to live for Christ and Christ alone. You can see Jesus is a better communicator. Nothing else in this world is going to communicate to you about your life, your dreams, your aspirations, where you're supposed to be better than Jesus. And this Jesus, you can know him personally. The carbon copy of God, the exact imprint of his nature. As you read through the Gospels and acquaint yourself with this King. And because of that, you will have a dope conclusion of your life. And that is going into eternity, knowing that you've trusted and believed in the cross of Christ, his finished work, and who he is.
So trust Him, believe Him, and know that He has your back and He's better than anything. He's better than angels, He's better than Instagram, He's better than your dreams, He's better than the car you're going to own in the future, He's better than the house you currently live in right now, He's better than the education that you're getting, He's better than your trip, He's better than any single thing and anyone in this world. So trust Him, believe Him, give your life to Him wholeheartedly. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for who you are, Jesus. Thank you so much for giving your life for us. Thank you that we can trust you, that we can believe you, that we can live lives that are pleasing and glorifying to you, knowing that we are doing so because of your finished work, because of who you are. Lord, we thank you that you have reminded us this morning that for us to know ourselves, we need to know who you are. But we need to give our lives to you wholeheartedly because if we're honest with ourselves, whoever we find in there, Lord, you'll always be better. Our hearts are broken. Our hearts are sinful. Our hearts are deceiving. And so, Lord, we pray that we may not trust them, but trust you, Lord. Trust you as you speak to us in your word. Trust you as we see the exact imprint of who you are through the Gospels. Trust you as we know for sure that you have given us the dopest and better conclusion to our lives as you hung on that cross. So thank you, Lord, for all of these. We pray in your wonderful and better name, Jesus. Amen, amen. Man, shout out to you guys, man, for watching this again. Go chop it up with your parents. If you are not part of our church, yo, I hope that you can go back and reflect. Pray. If you don't have anyone to chop it up with, you can chop it up with Jesus. Uh, but come back next week. We're continuing in the book of Hebrews. Don't forget, Friday we're on Zoom. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on TikTok. And any other day we're on Instagram. Or you can just contact us on the church website. Check us out on that page. All right, cool. We'll see you next week. With that said, peace. We out, gang.